This episode is brought to you by SixSquirrelStudios.com. There you can find episodes of this podcast, along with other podcasts in the Six Squirrel family, such as How Did This Get Booked, Ten Bell Pod, and your mom's favorite podcast, Shut the Fuck Up, Donnie. If you've ever been interested in starting your own podcast, now is the time and you don't need fancy equipment to get it going, you guys. For example, ever since I started creating Smoke Breaks, each episode has been recorded using the Voice Memo app on my iPhone, usually while I'm driving around town, allegedly, or sitting in my driveway. From there, I email a copy to the studio, and then boom, Six Squirrel Studios work their magic and make my podcast sound like a professional production. In addition to hooking you up with stellar sound quality, they can also set you up with web hosting for your show, including a YouTube link, where you can also find episodes of Smoke Break, and then help you create your own logo. Once you have your own logo created, you can then have your link added to the page in our merchandise store. That's right, you guys. Smokers. Listen. We have merch. SixSquirrelStudios.com forward slash store, where you'll find a wide variety of smoke break shirts, hoodies, stickers, pins, magnets, and a whole lot more for whatever tickles your fancy. Who doesn't love swag, right? Your support is appreciated, and anything made from sales of smoke break merch goes directly back into the podcast, helping to grow the show and expand the Six Squirrels family. Now, let's get those lighters up and really get down to business. Hello, everybody. Smoking Lady J here, back with another Smoke Break with Lady J. I hope this podcast finds you doing well, and if not, I hope you're taking the steps towards becoming well. It is an early morning here on the East Coast, coming back after a weekend of being away for fun, kid-free mommy time. It was a bit of a shit show, but it's okay. (laughs) Excuse me. Still have my nasty cough. Sorry about that. Not a good way to start. (laughs) The last week and a half or so has just been like a whirlwind. I feel like I just got on the ride at the roller or at the fucking amusement park, right? The roller coaster. I was buckled in and then we just fucking took off. I've had a little bit of anxiety. I mean, nothing intense. It's more of an excitement than a nervousness, mainly because the things that I've been learning in this new position so far are actually exciting to me. It's actually nice to be on a different end of the restaurant business. To understand what the higher-ups, I guess you could say, actually go through on a day-to-day basis. It's really easy to be a front of house team member and constantly bitch about things that aren't getting done or, you know, always blaming 
X, Y, and Z versus accepting accountability. And then to now be on the totally other side of it and see things through new lenses. Even the way people are treating me at work now. I'm trying not to give off any other level of authority. Like I'm not walking around there with my head high, like waiting to be like off with their heads. Like this is not my goal. This is not how I'm going to manage. I want to be the person that is available. Regardless of the work I may have on my plate, I want to make sure that everyone feels supported. Everyone there knows that whatever you need, you let me know I got you. And if I don't understand it, I'm going to ask you for help. I'm going to say to you, hey, let's work together. You guys teach me how you learn best and I'm going to work with that and we're going to work on ways of improving it. I have a lot of ambition that I've always had and I've hidden it for a long time out of fear. You know, you fear that you're going to fuck up and fall flat on your face and then people are going to laugh and be like, well, I told you so. You know, or people are going to sit there in silent judgment because they know what you're going to be making for money. And they think, well, it's not shit, but they don't understand. My mindset has changed quite a bit. Just in the last month. And I think it's changing for the better in the sense that I've been struggling for so long in so many different aspects of my life that I found it easy to just stay where I'm at to not challenge myself to do anything stronger or more responsibility because, hey, you know what? You might not be compensated for it. Don't get me wrong. That's still a very big idea in my head, but I also know my worth, okay? Yes, I've said it before, and I'm going to probably keep saying it. Managers in restaurants, depending on where you are, you know, I can't talk for the big companies out there because I don't know. I, I don't know. But for the area that I'm in, the demographic that I'm a part of, management makes significantly less than their their employees. Because the employees have cash potential. They have a chance to make anywhere between $100 and $400 on a shift, give or take. So yeah, if you have four good shifts in a week, you're making fucking bank. And most of that's even cash. So it's like, you're good to go. But I've learned over the last year through various loan applications that I've made, or even when I went to buy my new car three years ago, when applying for things like credit or loans, or even someday when I'm going to apply to buy my own home, which is coming, that's, it's on my bucket list for this year. To have a house. It's there, you guys. I finally have a timestamp on it. So the point I'm trying to make is that now that I'm looking at things a different way, I'm going to start having a consistent paycheck. I'm, I'm salaried. <laughs> 37 years old, and I've never had a salaried position in my life. Never. Last week was the first full week where I was on as a manager, training, learning, but still running shifts by myself. And there was only a couple hiccups, but they've got, you know, they got straightened out immediately. 
I handled them the best I could and I did it with a smile on my face. I've been taking a lot of notes. I'm carrying around a big tote bag that's like boss bitch style. And I'm just really jumping into it head first. I was successful in placing my first liquor order. I've met all the reps for whom I'm working with now. I've created and sent out the first schedule. I've taken over the social media aspects of things. I've gotten my own email set up with my own little tagline, you guys. <laughs> These are big moves. These are really big moves. It felt like the process took forever to get here. But then once it was here, it's just like it hit the ground running. There's no time to wait. You know, there's no time to sit back and be like, oh, everything's fantastic. You know, it was just hustle mode. I knew I was going away this past weekend. So I knew that I was going to be able to leave work at the door. I wanted to go away for three days and not fucking worry about shit. Therefore, the beginning of the week, I was worried about work. Like I just focused on that. I focused on making sure the kids were all set at home, spending time with them as much as I could keeping them updated on my progress at work because they actually are showing an interest. You guys, my kids are actually like excited and happy and like throwing me ideas as to what it means to be a boss and how people need to treat me with respect and just not to be afraid to go in there and, and be a boss. Like, and my girls, my kids are saying this to me. So it's been really eye-opening. I'm officially on a 90-day probation period, in which time I guess I'll sit down with the owners and the GM and show them what I've done, what I'm working on, the goals that I've set, the changes I've made, the the boost in sales, or you know, even visits to our Instagram page, which by the way, I've never used Instagram a day in my life. I'm using it now for my work. So I'm learning, you know, there's and it's exciting, you know, I feel like as far as social media goes, I do have a presence, you know, and I don't say that in a cocky way, but like I've been on Twitter since what, 2008, 2009, I've learned how to interact. I've watched my friends grow their own businesses. I've watched comedians and how they promote things. And I have a lot of great ideas flowing through my brain. I've shut them down a lot, again, out of fear, you know, fear of rejection, fear of coming across too cocky or, you know, not giving the right image, but I'm excited. I can take this and make it what I think is going to work. So it's a lot of good things. It's a lot of information I've taken in. It's a lot about learning how to read other people in which I always feel like I'm in a good supporting role. Okay. So I've been told in the past that I'm a good leader. People take my leadership and they follow and that's whatever. Like, I, I don't like that. <laughs> like, I don't know how to take compliments. So that one always makes me uncomfortable because I don't do things in hopes that people are going to, you know, follow my example. I try to do things because they're the right things to do. I try to be kind. I try to be open. I try to be empathetic and understanding and a team player and, you know, be willing to get my, my hands dirty jump in when people need you, not because you're looking to get something back in return. Also not because you want to be a fucking doormat for the rest of your life, because that's not cool either. But it's about doing things to make everything else run smoother, you know, 
the actions we take today are paving the way for tomorrow and months from now. You know, it's that one small stone that causes the entire ripple in the lake. And everybody has to do their part in order for things to get better. So over the course of last week when I was taking in all the technical information and trying to do the social media thing and the schedule thing and the appeasing of the former person in this position, like making sure she's good, making sure all of the moving parts are getting the oil, right? Like we want to make sure everything's good. I want people to have faith in me that I hear them and that I'm going to do what I can to make things better and lighter, you know? I want this business to do well. Of course I do. And it's a perk of being a manager. We get bonuses, y'all. <laughs> I've worked in a place here and there that offers bonuses, but like it was rare to get one, you know? But now that opportunity is there. There is an opportunity for so much personal and professional growth right now that it's giving me purpose. It, it, it is making me have some kind of direction. And that's something that I've been lacking for a very, very long time, as you know. <laughs> and it's cool. It's cool. You know, it's, it's just kind of cool. I'm sure it's going to get harder. I'm sure there's going to be many more challenges. It's going to be a day-to-day kind of thing that I've got to just take the hits and figure out a way to keep moving. It's a big lesson I learned this last weekend is, you know, we, we and I'm speaking on a whole, people, can have very high expectations in life. You know, you have high expectations when it comes to the money you're going to make, the company you keep, the quality of the food you're eating, the drinks that are being served to you, the, the clothing that you wear, the car that you drive. We hold high expectations, which is good. We should have high standards. We should be picky about the things we make time for, the things that we spend our money on, the time we spend away from our children. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with having high standards. But you have to be able to balance those high expectations with the people that don't meet those expectations. You have to find a way to not let your own expectations be crushed with disappointment when someone doesn't step up to meet them or if a night doesn't go exactly as, as planned because the universe had other things going for you. Sometimes things happen for a reason. Sometimes you forgot that most important item at home. To make you realize. <laughs> completely derailed. My daughter was just standing at the fucking <coughs> door with the cat. And she was making the cat wave to me. And that's all I needed to make me laugh. Completely forgot where I was going. Derailed my entire thought process. Thank you, child. I needed that little break. Shit was getting serious, I think. I have been planning this weekend away since November. Almost three months. It's an event that takes place in Salem, Massachusetts, at one of the historically most haunted hotels in the area, in the U.S., I mean, depending on the news article you read. It's something that we had done a couple years back together. It was our first trip away together, Lucifer and I. 
in the first time we went, we just, we had such a great time, you know, it's always that exciting period when you're starting to date somebody, you know, and you take those first moments together. The first weekend getaways where you have to have like the, <laughs> the uncomfortable conversation about pooping. Okay. So our first meal when we went away was Mexican food. And I don't know what the fuck we were thinking other than tequila. But I remember as we're getting drunk, day drunk, before this masquerade ball is set to start, we started having the conversation about how small the hotel room is. And, you know, we've never pooped in front of each other. Before. I mean, not that we're doing it in front of each other, but like in the same room as one another. So we'll take turns. <laughs> I'll go for a walk when he had to go. He can go for a walk when I have to go, blah, blah, blah. So it was just a really great weekend. <laughs> we had such a blast. And a few weeks later, him and I had broken up. And the story continues to go off and on since then. You know, we've had ups and downs. There have been other men. There have been other women. And we always somehow end right back up to where we were. And each time I tell myself that it's better, it's different this time. And each time I believe it. And each time up to this point, I have been filled with disappointment. You've heard the episodes. You've heard my breakdowns, my stories. You read my tweets. You know I'm a big ball of crazy, but I'm being who I am. I share very real moments. Um, sometimes they're very emotional, raw, cranky, bitchy, whiny. You know, I, I go through a zillion thoughts about every situation. And I try to drop the standards lately. I try to go with the flow more, to be open, to not try to control the outcome of every situation. Because that left me feeling defeated so many times. Over the last two months, there's been a lot of ups and downs with Lucifer and I. As we were trying to, you know, rebuild something that we started so long ago. And that you know, through the losses that he's faced over the past year, the losses that I faced, the, all the bullshit that we've been through, family dramas, family traumas, you know. We found a way to bridge the gap. We have found a way that's working for us. The communication is better. The attention to detail is incredible. The time spent is filled with laughs. Like, we fucking laugh. We enjoy each other's company so fucking much. It hurts. It literally hurts me at times because I'm so afraid to lose this man out of my life. I am. The love and level of thoughts and the deepness of the connection that I feel is something that I've never felt in my life. And then I get mad at myself because I'm like, how can you fucking feel that way about somebody who has destroyed you so much? And I get mad. And I throw this guard up and I run. As much as I blame him for running in the past and the things that he's done to hurt me, I've been no angel along the way. I've done things that are bad and unforgivable. I've said things out of anger. I've... I've destroyed a lot of things. But he's still here. 
we built this weekend up so much in our minds. And he was locked in right away. He loves this shit. He loves going away, getting dressed up. And my God, Tim Burton, that's like one of his favorite people in the world. So the opportunity came along and he was right away. I want to be Beetlejuice. You're going to be Lydia. And he was good with it. That's what he wanted to do. He had his mask custom made. He immediately looked for an artist to create it for him. And it was, it was frustrating for him along the way because she was taking a really long time to create this mask and he wants things perfect. Okay. When he has an image in his mind, he goes full in and he was dedicated to this role. I was so nervous about what was going to happen. And since September or October, I've internally been waiting for him to bail on me. I've been waiting for him to fucking walk away and be like, and just break my heart again. I've been so guarded at a time when he's finally opening up and like ready to take the next steps and fully commit. And I've been kind of on the fence because I'm being cautiously optimistic. So I was nervous to get too excited about our weekend away because I kept telling myself it wasn't going to happen. And then on the flip side, if it did happen, he's just going to break up with me as soon as it's over. So I'm scared to even go because once it's over, then what? And that's how fucked up my brain is. <coughs> and I shared these fears with him. And he laughs them off, like not in an asshole way, but he just chuckles and like we make a joke of it and we move on with our day and enjoy the moment that we're in. This year we invited his roommate and his roommate's girlfriend. So this was going to be our first trip away, the four of us. And I was hesitant about what I was getting into because sometimes they fight as a couple and sometimes it can make tension that's unspoken but you feel it in the room and it's just an awkward silence we were all taking the same car to get there and I was just nervous for a lot of reasons they ended up being great by the way like there was no major incidents with them at all like they were good peeps the major bump in our trip came when because they were in such a hurry when it was time to leave the most important part of Beetlejuice's costume, the mask, was left behind in the garage. We did not realize this until we were already checked into our hotel room and unpacking and getting ready to go for dinner. Lucifer was fucking pissed. Like, pissed. Because his roommate was the one that had taken it out in order to make room for the things that I had brought. And when he closed the trunk, he just forgot to grab it again. So that just set off, like, tension for the entire night. Like, I had ordered champagne and chocolate-covered strawberries to be brought to the room for us upon check-in. Oh, my bad. I was already feeling a certain type of way because I'm the one that offered to buy the tickets for this weekend as a birthday gift to him. This was going to cost about $475 for the two nights of the masquerade and everything, and I said I would pay for it, and he was going to pay for everything else that we did that weekend. Dinners, drinks, breakfast, whatever. That was the deal. And since I had gotten placed into my new position at work and be put on, I was put on salary. And for that whole last week, they didn't allow me to have any bar shifts. So I had zero income coming in. And I had to tell him this the week before we left for the trip. And I was so embarrassed. And I was like, I don't know if we're going to be able to go because I, I can't come up with the money for the room. And he right away was like, don't you ever worry about that. He's like, I got it covered. He's like, don't you worry. I'm so proud of you for the job position that you got that I, I don't care about the money. He's like, I've got the money. 
So he offered to pay for it. So I wanted to at least provide something as a thank you. So I wanted to do the champagne and chocolate-covered strawberries. I don't like admitting them I don't have money. I am very, I'm full of a lot of pride when it comes to that. Like, I would have rather just not gone <laughs> than to have him pay for it because I don't ever want him to think I'm using him for his money because that's not who I am and that's not what I'm about. So I had that delivered to the room. I had set up candles everywhere. I had brought pictures from previous trips that we had taken to kind of place around the room just to kind of set the vibe. You know, I I wanted this to be like an incredibly special moment where I could just thank him for being so great and so supportive of my new job position and like just everything that we've been through in the last few months. Like, I'm so glad that we are here because I didn't think we were going to make it. And I told myself I wouldn't get excited until I was in that room. But as soon as we realized that that mask was missing, it was the end of the fucking night. There was so much tension. There was so much anger. He just was not about it at all. He wanted to drive back home that night. And I was like, that's not happening. You know, I offered to drive. I offered to do it as soon as we found out. He didn't want me to go. We tried to get one of my buddies who was also coming to stop by the house on his way to grab it. But he never got the text, so he didn't do that. So finally, I was like, listen, my mom, as much as we may complain about her at times... She offered to go to the house and get the mask and meet us halfway. So I was like, let's make a plan, and then we can move on with it and have a good night. There was literally nothing we could do about it, you know, and he had every right to be upset. It was an error. It was a fucked-up situation. It's not like it was forgetting a pair of socks. Like, he needed this mask, especially because it was handmade custom for him for this role. <coughs> so we made that plan. We were going to meet my mother in the morning at breakfast time. And then everything was going to be good. So we enjoyed the rest of our night, but it was like shit had already been ruined. Like the energy of the night was already in the fucking shitter. We spent the night roaming around trying to figure out where we were going to eat. There was just a lot of tension and it made me realize that like I had really high hopes. And then even half of the next day until we got the mask and then even after we got the mask, it was a somber attitude because it was dreary out. It was raining. And now we had wasted half of our morning driving back to fix the fuck up and we could have fucking been you know, hanging around in Salem and doing all these things. And, you know, that was the main, main hiccup of the weekend. So it kind of just set the tone for things. And a lot had ensued after that. And I don't want to bore you guys with all the details of anything, but it just made me realize that we have high expectations and we need to learn better to go with the flow of things and realize that certain things are out of control, but not everything always is. There's a solution to most of the problems that you're faced with. So the problem becomes finding the solution. Make a plan, make a change, you know, execute, fucking get it done, and then brush it off, let it go, keep fucking moving. You know? It shouldn't have ruined as much time as it did. And I was disappointed because I couldn't wait for this weekend to get away. To not have to worry about the bullshit mundane work issues and to just be in the moment. And I would say that it was a 95% success, but that little bit, like... That sucked. <laughs> but we made it back in one piece. We parted our asses off. I tapped out early because I couldn't hang. Um, it was chaos, but I felt beautiful. I felt like a princess. You know, he rocked it. Our friends fucking looked amazing. And it was a really good time. I smoked lots of weed. I ate some edibles. I ate some fucking mushrooms. <laughs> Just a little bit. Very, very small dose. Allegedly. <clears throat> we had a good time. So now I'm back. Time to get into work mode. 
I hope everybody's having an awesome time. You know, January's almost over. Spring is almost here. Just got to keep going. Much love. Mwah.